Hello, and welcome to Catholicism in the Car. My name is Parker Zerbal. continue some of my thoughts about Catholic quote-unquote megachurches or megaparishes. But before I do that, I want to just say that a, a lot of the things that I'm talking about on this podcast, a lot of these things are they're just my own opinion. Um, and they might be right, they might be wrong. I'm just a guy, you know? I'm, I don't have a bunch of degrees. I don't have, you know, a whole ton of people backing me up on a lot of these things. So take what I say with a grain of salt. If you enjoy it, if it rings true with you, keep listening. Um, yeah. So if it if it's something that resonates with you, let me know. Let me know. I, I put my email in the description of every podcast. Uh, feel free to email me. You can also contact me through Facebook page, through Twitter. I just started an Instagram for the podcast, so maybe you can contact me through there. And to be honest, on the social media thing, I don't really get on very much, so it'd probably be best if you just contact me through email. Uh, also, commenting on YouTube videos is a, a good way probably to get in contact with me, because I think that sh- sends it to my email as well. It'll send me an alert. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just a just a guy voicing his opinion about these things. I, I think I have valuable things to say, at least some of it, and some of it might not be valuable. I might... History might prove me wrong on a lot of things. Uh, I might get to the second coming and, or my own personal judgment. And the Lord's going to say, hey, you know, you were, you were pretty, pretty much a knucklehead on a lot of these things. So <laughs> here's a, here's a little while longer of purgatory for you or something. So we'll see. But I, but I am, I'm earnestly giving my opinion on these things. And if, if I end up being wrong, you know, at least, at least I'm I'm earnestly speaking. I'm I'm trying not to speak out of turn. I'm trying not to claim more than I know. I'm trying to to say when something is my opinion and when uh, something I'm conveying might be a little more than my own opinion. So, but yeah, I, I welcome negative feedback. Also positive feedback as well. Um, but I do welcome negative feedback. So feel free to leave that. And I say that because I know that what I've said about uh, Catholic megachurches might strike people as offensive, um, but I, I'm trying to say it in such a way to where you can see my points, that all that I'm saying here is that a church, a parish of that size is not ideal. It might be necessary for a time, but it is certainly not ideal. Um, another very controversial thing I could say is that Um, I want to ask people, if you are just going to Mass as a sort of rote thing, where you're going begrudgingly or where you're going, uh, you know, just out of habit, I beg beg to take it more seriously. Try to to look up, um, maybe if if you like YouTube, look up some people like uh, the Reason and Theology channel with Michael Lofton, uh, Trent Horn, stuff that Catholic Answers does. Uh, Matt Fratz, Pints of Aquinas. You know, if you need kind of some intellectual stimulation on a lot of things, that's that's not too lofty, uh, but yet is still going to be 
interesting, I, I encourage you to go to those types of sources. Um, I would say try and stay away from things that are largely negative or that are focusing too much on scandals or, or church politics. I would urge you to really first and foremost try to start in your life a regular prayer time. And, and seriously, that can be whatever you need, whatever you need to get started. Um, you know, if, if you're if you're in a hole, you're trapped in a hole, you're going to take whatever you can to get out. You're going to use whatever possible to get out. So same thing with prayer. Use whatever you can to, to start that habit. If it's praying the rosary, pray the rosary. If it's reading scripture, read scripture. If, if even if you're more of an intellectual person and you need the intellectual stimulus um, just, to, just to get you into the habit, then start reading uh, spiritual books and spiritual things. And of course, that's not ideal later on. You want to try to get to a point where, where you can be a little more contemplative things, where you're not just beating your intellectual side. Uh, but but if it gets you into the habit, then do it. Um, you, know, you obviously don't want to do things that are contrary to a life of prayer as your habit, because then it's not actually a prayer time. You're not really building a habit of prayer then. You can't build a habit of prayer by eating a sandwich or you know, eating your morning cereal or, uh, you know... <laughs> All that kind of stuff. So, but but if but if you need some coffee with you to to help you stay awake, do that. You know, various positions for praying. If, if you need to, if you need to kneel, do that. If you need to sit down, do that. Try to do something where you're not going to fall asleep. Um, but but you don't have to be in agony the whole time. You know, but later on, <laughs> later on, you can do stuff like that if God calls you to do it. If if God wants you to kneel on a bed of nails while you're praying uh, later on, then then go for it. But but you don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't have to do that at the beginning, okay? Uh, yeah. So yeah. I think, and what I'm what I'm trying to get to here is a lot of these mega parishes. Ideally, they should be split up into smaller parishes where people can actually get what they need from their pastors, um, where the pastor can actually get to know people, and the people can get to know the pastor. That's like that should be obvious. That it's not ideal. Uh, there are some benefits to it, you know, at least kind of cursory benefits to it, I guess. You know, if you like big crowds, you like having that sort of thing, you know, that, that can be a benefit, maybe. But big crowds have a lot of problems to them. You can spread the word to a lot of people all at once, but it can become a word that is devoid of personal relationship. So, I don't know. There's more thoughts. I think that's basically all I have on that topic of mega churches. Uh, again, I'm just talking about the idea. Don't don't get me wrong. Uh, necessity is necessity. But we need to think: Are there better ways that we can solve these problems? These kind of priest shortage problems. Are there ways that we could maybe go back to the model of, of uh, the canons regular in uh, Middle Ages, where they would all kind of live together, all the priests would live together, and then they would ride their horse to the, the parish. You know, they, they might not be there today, actually. Uh, they might be only be there on, on Sundays. Um, but at least then, priests can have to be. They're not living alone. That, that's another really big thing that I think is worth talking about. The psychological problems with having men live alone who are not ready for it. Uh, if you throw a, throw a priest, especially a young priest, into what's basically a hermitage, a rectory where he's by himself at a parish, you are dooming him to that's why in the religious life, you know, any good religious community is not going to let somebody that's been there for less than 10 years become a hermit uh, until they have proven to 
to be uh, fully uh, to show full love of God and love of neighbor, they're not uh, to permit to be permitted to live uh, an eremitical life, a life in solitude, a life by themselves. Now, you know, a priest living in a rectory alone isn't quite to the extent of a hermit, but it's pretty darn close. And oh, in my diocese, we recently had some pretty horrendous examples where priests have lived alone and. And they were young, they weren't ready, and they left. There were some other circumstances that went along with it, but they they are no longer active priests in our diocese. Of course, this comes down to their own personal choices, first and foremost. Uh, but it also has a lot to do with the fact that we're letting these men live alone. We're, we're forcing them to live alone, and that should not be uh, that should not be allowed, especially with the younger priests. You should not have a man who's under I don't know. 45, 40 maybe, living alone without community. He should have his brother priests uh, with him in community. He should be living in a community, whether it's just him and somebody else, at least, ideally three or more. It's, it's, uh, we're, we're setting them up for failure, and it's not fair to these priests. It's not fair to them. So, anyway, there are some more thoughts. I'm not our bishop, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any authority. Just speaking what I see, speaking what I think. Uh, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'm happy to be called out. But I think it's at least worth a try in, in most dioceses to, to try to give priests the option to live in. And I get it. There's probably, it's hard to live in. But you know what? It's worse living by yourself when you're not ready for it. You might not rub the wrong way with the other person living in the same house as you. But at least we're not giving people situations that they're not ready for. And that nobody should be forced to do. Nobody should ever, to be, ever be forced to live in solitude. That should be only a free choice. Uh, man is not meant to be a lord of Genesis. Man is not meant to be. All right. Thanks. Oh, uh, real quick, real quick, please feel free to uh, subscribe to any of my podcasts on any of the podcast players. Find me on YouTube. Please subscribe. Like me on Facebook. Like the Catholicism Car channel on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram. We're all there. Catholicism Car. Find me. And then I also have a Patreon account if you wish to support what I do at this, at this podcast and this YouTube channel. And you can also support us on anchor.fm. There's a support button there you click on. I also have links to all of this on my website's support page at www.catholicisminthecar.com.